six, we be in the mix with that rare candy paint job on the whip. I need food for the kids, money for the rent. Fuck a lockdown, baby, I can't do that shit. And I don't never vote, cause I'm fucking broke. And either way, I know the police ain't gon' leave me alone. On a plane by the visit, land rock, need crypto. Told me I should bring the Glock with me, so I packed up my piece and I'm sliding. Cause we might get caught up in a riot. Middle finger Trump, middle finger Biden. Fuck a left, fuck a right, is you riding? Ain't no politics, baby, we just talking From the birds to the bricks, we be in the mix With that rare candy paint job on the whip, who you with? We are, we're, we're back, we're talking George Harrison You might have, if you heard the TPN Beatles episode, if you haven't, please get signed up uh, If you're if you're not a, a patron of, of Jack's podcast, The Perfume Nationalist uh, Don't know what you're doing, I wouldn't admit, I wouldn't admit it out loud But go get signed up before <laughs> everyone finds out um, And uh, check that out, we are on the latest episode Very, very thorough discussion on the Beatles um, But we didn't talk a lot of George, that was by design We're going to be doing that today, uh, George Harrison's All Things Must Pass But first I have to ask Jack. Um, I, you know me as a one cent and Anteus user, um, and I love it. However, my hair is getting a little too long for Anteus. Like I don't think it. I don't think it matches my my look right now. Um, I I bought some patchouli soap from this farmers market lady that I can't get enough of, and I know we did a when I was on for Patty Smith. We did like a patchouli scent. Mm-hmm. Is there any other like really like like a masculine patchouli scent that I'm that I'm missing like that would Oh man. There yeah. are so many. I mean, I like basically collect patchoulis. Right. Um I'm looking at my shelf for uh, Oh, uh Bourbon French from New Orleans is like a great cheap Excellent. one. They make a spray eau de toilette. It's extremely strong. It will smell like any of those kind of like hippie soaps that you get. Uh, that's a wonderful one. That's about forty dollars. If you want something um, that has patchouli and has a patchouli spirit to it, I would get Corona Yadigan, which is oh, about yeah. forty-five dollars. You don't have Yadigan, do you? No, I don't. You're but I, I, I no, that, that's the only one. And I have the Versace eau de toilette um, in the little blue. Square you would probably thing. like Yadigan. Um, this is a weird one, uh, that I really like Parfum de Nikolai, uh, Patchouli Intense, uh, which has a kind of leathery seventies quality to it. Um, yeah, I would go with bourbon French, uh, the spray for your first one. Oh, Oh, Givenchy Gentleman, the original, not the thing they sell under the name uh gentlemen at department stores today but they still make it and they call it gentlemen uh original and you can get it online um is basically just patchouli uh a very beautiful musky patchouli from the 70s that's one of the best and i was gonna ask did you see that uh that viral thing going around with the hippie girl um that was, <laughs> was uh, the weird the weird up. zoomer like hippie girl like that everyone was pretending oh i would never like everyone was pretending that but she they yeah, the like they, very girl yeah yeah and, they, she, and it was very produced like she obviously was not like she was just adopting like a hippie aesthetic or whatever and then like you'd see a mic drop in like as if a hippie would ever have like a mic like submerging into their when they're talking but she uh I thought I saw the viral post was like, Ugh, I could just smell the patchouli. I can from smell here. the patchouli. Yeah, that's Ew. such a like normie, yeah, uh, like old, like uh, Gen X, like older millennial, like NBC show, like The Office 
type of yeah. basic bitch humor. And it's not even accurate. Like people, I mean, on the hundreds of thousands of hours of my podcast, I've talked about this at length, but, uh, but the whole stereotype of like the world, like, you know, patchouli scented hippies running amok everywhere yeah going to yeah. fish concerts this is not like an accurate stereotype i know in certain localized places like whatever if you, you're new england lesbian town where people wear teva sandals <laughs> i'm sure you encounter more yeah. people that wear patchouli because they always come from it uh, but no it's not an accurate stereotype um and also basically everyone most people don't know what patchouli is first of all they think it's just this, this general yep, like incense uh, I, I think they think it's incense they think it's incense they think it's snack mm. champa or they just think it's like the smell of like dirty people like bo um but in isolation they always like it i mean it's in basically every perfume and it smells like clean dirt so how could you not like it Oh, amazing amazing yeah that, I, I the was, reaction to that video is so cra it's crazy yeah i don't know i uh, anything with like girls triggers the hetero hive <laughs> mind know. and you know yeah. but that one i was just like uh whatever i mean uh she's having fun um i don't the the thing that bothers me the most not really bothers but uh with like uh, these like younger online girls who make videos like that for TikTok, they always have, even if they're doing like a hippie look that's supposed to be like the right. woods, they have the full contoured Instagram yeah. makeup and the, yeah, uh, the yeah. lips drawn over the line. And it's right, like so right. out of place. I'm like, can't you do a little more like on theme hippie makeup? Like, right. <laughs> I just love the guys yeah. that'll be like, I would never. She seems stupid. And I'm like, that's oh, you is that where we're would. at. That's where you we're at right now. Yeah. Would meet that girl in the woods and get wasted and have sex with her and remember like, it what, forever what and be jacking off to it to this day. <laughs> I was like, what changed? Nah. What, like, I, I was like, I was like, wait, that was the deterrent for uh, now, I guess. Like, just oh, because IQ. Everyone cares about IQ. That's right. Because yeah. you might IQ and yeah. she's a degenerate because she's like singing about doing drugs in a cute way or whatever she yeah. should be being a trad wife on the yeah. internet yeah she should be buying raw milk for 27 dollars a gallon <laughs> um and um so today's uh today's fragrance of the day i mean i i'm not expecting anyone to talk about this but uh george harrison's preferred fragrance apparently was top tabak Tobacco, to yeah. Tobacco by I'm gonna Marin Wurtz, Marin Wurtz, uh, uh, 1959 uh, fragrance, uh, clean soapy barbershop quality that that George Harrison found very soothing. So that that's all I got on that. I don't know, Jack, if you know anything about. And he that, wore patchouli I, later because uh, I was researching what they all wore too, and what I got. Um, uh, let's see, I found uh, Paul wears Guerlain vetiver which is perfect and there's like an actual you can find a lot of these like what celebrities wear things mm -hmm. with no uh, evidence but there's an actual interview of one of the daughters saying he wears that um and then george i think that tobacco would have probably most likely been like a drugstore thing in the 60s and then when they all got their minds expanded everybody started wearing patchouli so uh later years he would have smelled like patchouli 
Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So I yeah, had, to, had to look that up. We're going to get you right back to the episode, but I just wanted to let you guys know of a few other things we offer at Rare Candy Industries. We have a Substack with free and paid subscription options. Free subscribers get access to all written content. That includes Bob's Red Pill. That's the best thing going on the internet right now. Trust me. Paid subscribers get full access to our premium episode feed. And that's just every episode we don't necessarily want to share with the general public, if you know what I'm saying. Again, that's rarecandy.substack.com. We also have merch. That link's a little long for me to say right now, but go to the description, go to our merch store, and find a shirt that's right for you. We have Rare Candy shirts, Dr. Bronner soap label shirts, Rishi mushroom shirts, all types of stuff there. Check it out. There's got to be something for you. And lastly, check us out on social media. On Instagram, we're Rare Candy Pod, but on Twitter, we're at Rare Candy Pod 1. All right, enough of that. Let's get you back into the episode. But today we are talking about um, no no huge deep dive because George has a bunch of albums. But I mean, I can't really do a deep dive right now. There's a lot of well, you have a lot of deep dives. I'm sure you're doing. I've we have a lot of deep dives. We're doing we're doing a very shallow dive on uh, George George Harrison. Um, I I already know so much about him because I love him. I grew up on him. My mom, the first time she ever exposed anything George Harrison, I didn't even know it was because I hated it so much. Was the Traveling Wilburys album, which I've never seen a band made of more people that I like that sucks in my life. And uh, Traveling Wilburys were were terrible. But when you look back at, I was watching some of their documentary footage, late 80s LA, they're all kind of old guys. Tom Petty's the young guy in the group. And they're all just kind of like having fun. And it's kind of, and most of them are dead now. So it's, it's kind of, it's nice that they kind of had a nice, Bob Dylan's ironically the one that's alive, which is crazy. Um, that dude's gonna live forever. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, um, I I love his album that we're gonna talk about. All things must pass. I have a deep connection to it because I had kind of a a tough a tough go from like 2018 all the way to 2020, right before the world had a tough go, uh, which was kind of interesting. And I was just having like really bad mental health issues. Had a few really tough things happen in my life like nothing i think so crazy but just a, a, a accumulation of a lot of weird things happening that resulted in just a real anxious behavior by me a little bit depressive and then you know all of a sudden in 2020 right before covid or almost right before the first week my wife had a issue and she had to go to the she had to go to the hospital and like stay a couple nights and it wasn't like it's nothing crazy like it, it was very it was nothing crazy for anybody who's wondering and she's fine now but the all of a sudden you ever have that album like when you start your car if you got the the, the bluetooth setup or whatever and it, like a random song starts playing um so i was like leaving her at the hospital and you know driving away and it's raining and uh the song i live for you comes on uh and i weep i'm talking like weep and, and like spongebob SquarePants, like like fire hoses of, t- of tears coming out like the the n- not the manly well up kind of situation weeping but I instantly felt better after. And it's like, that's literally what the album's about. <laughs> and so um, it, it stayed with me forever. I became just, I, I've always liked the album, but it, I became obsessed with it afterwards. And I listened to it today on a nice long walk on what's the, probably going to be the last couple of weeks of really, really nice weather here uh, in California. And it was just magical, uh, just, uh, but, but also a little stressful. A little, a little stressful because you're kind of reminded of the time that it saved you a little bit. But the reason I like this album for you coming on, Jack, is because you like nightmares. I do love nightmares. Yeah, yeah it blows my mind why? when people 
because you can have all these adventures and they're you wake up and they're not real and the feeling of like in mine i usually uh get sentenced to death and they're about to kill me or i'm in prison um so i like narrowly escape my dancer in the dark execution every time and the sense of relief when you wake up and realize it's not real is just so good yeah. but i've always had really intense nightmares and really intense dreams um and i sleep like a rock and perhaps unnecessarily also often take uh melatonin and benadryl just because i like them uh but everybody's like uh those give you nightmares you see, like see the slender man or you know something and i'm like i that happens every night i've been my life was ruined by the exorcist in fourth grade and my uh brain has not been the same since but um yeah i love nightmares i mean it's just so great to uh have this uh like dump of all your like worst uh darkest aspects and uh desires and fears and everything and get to experience something so intensely uh and so vividly and then wake up and have it not be real oh totally and i and i i've thought about that because i i don't i don't not a very vivid dreamer and my nightmares are more frustrating than they are scary but i uh had a, a like the the anxiety I used to have like really really bad panic attacks like really like in public places too it was like really embarrassing I used to have to like go like isolate myself at like dinner or something just dumb stuff like that like it's just like I felt like trapped in like almost a claustrophobic way but it's clearly something other than that and I uh um but I kind of miss that feeling of like I still have bouts of it here and there but I kind of like almost getting there like having a bunch of coffee on like an empty stomach you know what I mean and then you're yeah. just like and then you're just like oh cool let me just let me let me let me win this battle real fast cuz you know you can and um it's kind of the similar thing it's not obviously dreams are different but uh Sai, I want you to I want to hear about this album uh for you um because I I never heard you talk about it too much um it's usually me gushing on about it so i'd like to hear your well no i was gonna say when um it was weird when we because we've always been homies we've always talked Mm -hmm. you know sometimes more than others but always talked you know and uh and we always talk a little bit about the beatles but then we never really talked about this album but then somehow i think after we started rare candy we talked about it on that beatles episode Mm -hmm. sometime before that we we both just kind of realized we both bumped this album and it was kind of like, Oh cool. You know, it was just this, we'd never like, Hey, listen to this. We had already listened to it separately. And it was just one of those common threads, those islands that we found ourselves on, you know? And uh, yeah, it took me a while. My brother got me into it. I, I even after being in the Beatles for a long time, he's like, Oh, you haven't heard this one, dude. You got to check this out. And you know, George is like the, anyone who's like slightly cool or is like, Oh yeah. You know, that's mm-hmm. the common thing. Yeah. Oh, George is the cool yeah. beatable, you know, which is true. You know, it's signifier. Yeah. Yeah. Signifier. signifier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I love it. Um, I, maybe we could dive deep into this later though. I, I am, I am of the camp. I don't care if this makes me, uh, in the mainstream or not, but I do think Phil Spector took a shit on it production wise. I think it mm-hmm. could be way better. Um, just sounds it like sonically it just sounds a little muddy and stuff oh you know? yeah i know okay. I'm, boy does I'm getting it. this yeah. out of the way early <laughs> yeah. like obviously yeah. the songwriting yeah the songwriting is crazy and then um again i brought this up uh last night i seen the the let it be sessions the six hour disney plus bullshit or whatever <laughs> and just seeing him come song after song just these classics coming up to usually paul and be like hey what do you think of this and paul's like 
nah, we're going to do Maxwell's silver hammer. And you're like, bro, what the fuck? Like, these are like, you passed up on some heaters. It's like, it's like draft yeah. picks, you know, you're just like, so anyway, it, yeah. Um, those are both good points. Those are, yeah, those are both very, very good points. I am, I have similar take to it. There's diff. there's, there's, you know, I'm on the fence on the Spectre thing, but but Jack, what is your experience with this album, if any, or you know, how'd you feel listening to it? Um, it's rooted to a particular very happy time in my life. I didn't listen to it attentively until 2015, mm-hmm. uh, just because there was never a copy of it around. Like since the mm-hmm. record is so. Uh, big and it's always in like terrible shape in that box like (laughs) and it was expensive so less people have it it just isn't like laying around as like cultural detritus in the same way that the regular Beatles albums are um I started working at a boutique hotel that was really fun for like the first year because I got to meet a lot of celebrities and it had a very like intoxicating aesthetic and i was like we burned nag champ all the time and working the front desk there were a bunch of records and we could just play whatever and i started playing all things must pass like all the time every day i went in i would play it start to finish all the time and uh i just it would just amaze me that this had evaded me for so long i knew that george was the one that uh cool people always said mm-hmm. was their favorite to be contrary so i think i was subconsciously turned off by that right <laughs> um, totally mm-hmm. yeah uh but i was interested in it uh you know i'm always interested in any kind of like maximalist project anything especially any album that is a double album or in this case one of the rare triple mm-hmm. albums um this is probably the most successful double triple album ever because uh so much of the good material was backlogged i mean it's amazing that this came out like with six months after the beatles officially broke up um so it's just the whole package is designed to be this massive statement of george's liberation you know the rest of them released their you know one little album but then here this giant expensive box that's three discs um and every song is just like towering totemic huge totally unlike beatles songs uh it's very like forward thinking It, it definitely looks forward to the 70s Mm-hmm. a lot in the production um i was like listening to a normie podcast about this today uh and they used a word that people always use with this album which i hate which is the word spiritual which is when a libtard or atheist uh sees something that's christian but that they approve of um <laughs> or like someone cool did yeah. it so they don't want to give credit to the christianity inspiring anything cool um, so they just call it spirituality, which uh, yeah. you know, keeps them free. So regardless <laughs> of, uh, you know, the technicality that he's uh, into like Hare Krishna or whatever, yeah, it all just washes over you in this very Christian way. All of the 
the subjects matter all the songs um they sound like they're in the gospel way uh about both like god and sex um oh yeah i love how relentlessly like positive it is it's Mm -hmm. rare to have an album this cohesive that's in like a positive kind of mood and not just uh rock stars thinking about like doing too much drugs or being sad or whatever um i love the wall of sound phil specter production i think that's that causes it to uh be really smooth a really smooth listen uh from start to finish um i know a lot of people don't include that last disc is like officially part of the album because it's like these bonus jam things but i think it works perfectly in the flow it's fun. yeah it's, it's fun, fun. It's, it's just like mm-hmm. you just leave it on and you know it's it's always better than i remember it being you know when i, I get remember into jeep it. Dude. yeah yeah i remember yeah. jeep and, you, and, um, he, and he, he wishes john lennon a happy birthday i know yoko asked some of his closest friends to uh to make a birthday song for him i think she asked a couple other people uh during that time it, john, it was john lennon again feeling old john lennon's 30th birthday was coming yeah. up um he would only make it to 40 sadly but you know the the uh um but yeah it's johnny's birthday all that it's it's it, it is a very pause it's weird it makes me feel very emotional but if you take my personal experience with it out it's an extremely positive album um and yeah you're you're, you're right i mean there's cover songs on there and uh the the gospel aspect that you bring in uh that 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 you brought up i i it's it's totally there because uh a huge factor what what george did is george was used george had a vision but george also listened to people and he listened to billy preston a lot and billy preston was a guy who really helped out the beatles on their later stuff uh pretty much did a lot of the the key work on a lot of their later uh projects like abbey road and and let it be and even performed at the rooftop show with them by the way Billy Preston, I went on his Wikipedia page. I didn't know about his whole little thing that happened later in life. Very interesting. Um, uh, where he got caught. This. Oh, yeah. He got caught. Uh, or I don't mean caught, whatever, like soliciting sex where he was picking up like what seems to be like Home Depot, like Mexican guys and like jerking them off. Um, didn't just didn't didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't, didn't know that either. Yeah, it's very strange. If you look if you look at Billy Preston's Wikipedia page, like, I mean, it's like you want to talk about, you know, replacement uh replacement theory or whatever like the great replacement you know that's they're taking your jobs you know that could have been you in the car with billy preston um and uh yeah yeah like tucker carlson billy preston is hiring illegal immigrants and uh uh, um, no very uh you know what though whatever gospel piano player you know i'm sure it's happened in the past probably billy preston born in the wrong era probably but uh anyways yeah that's there billy he he when he was writing my sweet lord that's a huge controversial song because of what you said nobody knows how to talk about it but it's about god it's, it's just about god, god. it's People god are such liars that yeah. the only they'll be fine with calling it about Hari krishna or whatever i know fucking orange robed 70s bullshit that's safely tucked into time but they won't call it god they won't call it christian that scares them it's about god the whole album is christian okay you don't have to like worry about the hard christian whatever it's just (laughs) yeah uh yeah it's uh i think the song that i fell in love with most 
first where I was like, I can't believe this has been waiting here. Undiscovered by me the whole time until this point is what is life? Uh, yeah. Cause it sounds like a girl group song about a, somebody's boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> but again, it sounds like Christian. I love that. Uh, there's so much of that, like Phil Spector, like Supreme's sound. I mean, mm-hmm. my, my sweet Lord is a, a, like a mix of, three of those type of songs uh, and there's like tedious uh you know songwriter plagiarism scandals about it that i don't care about um but yeah it's all those like supremes type like songs about your boyfriend like there's so much <laughs> of that in this album but the yeah. boyfriend is god it's like the yeah. south park episode like <laughs> well yeah exactly and and getting yeah. back to my sweet lord like what people don't realize is that what yeah Harrison experimented with all types of quote unquote spirituality. It's all true. All that stuff is true. He always said, there's a man in the sky. It's all about one guy. It's uh, whatever I'm doing is still done through the lens of God. It's not, I'm not Indian. I'm not this. I, he loved the sitar. Ravi Shankar helped him out with a lot of things. Ravi Shankar actually helped him make this album in a sense. And I relate to this big time where this is kind of like my psyche, this kind of like Kafka esque, like thing that the, the, when, when, Kafka resonates with you you can relate to this a little bit I guess is the is the uh, Ravi Shankar you know George would get really he had a bad temper he would get really like worked up about things um and that's part of what this album is about uh in a few songs but Ravi Shankar would just be like hey man just just relax you know what I mean just relax like everything's gonna everything's gonna be okay and that's essentially kind of where all things must pass the the title track comes from is Ravi Shankar telling him to just relax like it's never as bad as what like you are the script you're writing in your head for like the terror you're about to go through and um so that but yeah it's like it's always been about god and it's i love that song he did get in trouble quote unquote he knew what he was doing he took the 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 uh basically combining the hari krishna mantra which he learned from this one like man i watched the documentary it was like this white ben kingsley looking like indian guy with like paint on his nose and he george bought like 300 copies of his album and this guy was like whoa it's sick like and he had just like one of those like indian mantra albums and he's like yeah uh all of a sudden like the beatles address on like abbey road got like 300 copies shipped which that would be crazy if like that was your album and uh but there was a, the mantra was on there and him and John, George and John were sailing in the Mediterranean together just because they're filthy rich and fucking around and were singing that. They said till they're like, like they went hoarse, you know, like singing that mantra. But they wanted to come. The Billy Preston showed him the the gospel thing that eventually got sued from George had to pay one point five million dollars to put that song out. And it was kind of like everyone was advising him like, hey, just just play the song at live shows. Don't put it on the album. But no it sets the entire tone for the album like yeah he put it out because it was the message of god that's why he paid all the money to put it out all this all those kind of like plagiarism things that you see these youtube epic youtube videos about yeah uh those are all such fake news because the you know wonderful artistic institution of hip-hop they can take entire songs and just uh talk over them (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and people have to collectively pretend it's like that's oh that's the separate art but then when it, george harrison does it it's it's just fake news you have to just pretend that i agree acknowledge that that's not real at all the whole framing of that yes. type of thing whenever it happens very interesting 
but yeah uh, side with that song i meant to ask you the the yeah. is that a 12 string that he's playing with like what are the why is that guitar so thick on that my sweet lord it's is it a 12 string is that as simple as that i was wondering yeah i was actually tr it's either that or it's double tracked you know well yeah um, peter frampton coming peter frampton is oh, on this whoa. album playing yeah. just basically like they said strengthening guitar which harrison always needed a lot of help like as a guitar player yeah. he's very creative but execution wise he always he knew that he needed help and he always saw it out after it but it was a young peter frampton who was in a band called humble pie at the time they had mm. a few uh, hits at the time so i just i'm wondering like just to your ear does that what it sounds like because i don't know i lean yes yeah and i mm -hmm. i think it is i think there's a lot of it's hard because of the production because everything's really echoey on the, all the production mm -hmm. you know which yeah. works with that especially that song it's a choir um, church song yeah yeah exactly um i also really like this song the beatles in general were really good at subtle key changes not the dumb like tina turner half step up you know kind of mm -hmm. climax thing which has its place it's like cliche now and everything but uh, especially Lennon did a lot of weird keychain, especially in like the Magical Mystery Tour era and stuff. But yeah. this one, it has that weird kind of throws you for a loop where, because when you sing it in your head, you're often singing the second half of the song. And then you sure. hear it start and you're like, wait, you, you, you'll play it over again. And it'll be in the lower key. You'd be like, what's going on? And it it kind of is that ladder up, like reaching towards God kind of a thing. I think it's totally kind of metaphoric to it, but it's very well cool. done and very subtle you know kind of almost slips by you if you're yeah. if you're you know you, it's easy to just go along with it and be like oh what happened there um but the, the funny thing with this album is it and i don't mean this as an insult at all but it starts kind of slow you know it's like a slow burn i feel which sure. I think, it's a yeah yeah, yeah it's a bob dylan sex song you get a bob dylan sex song for the first yeah, track basically it's, it starts with a slow song just like tusk starts with a yeah slow song uh, mm -hmm. yeah good point that's a good point so yeah. what were we saying side go keep going oh oh uh, yeah no that was that was pretty much my last yeah point. Um, well yeah the bob all, dylan stuff he, and go ahead mm -hmm. yeah no he, and eric clapton's all over this album playing yeah. like he's he's basically doing all the soloing and i i really enjoy his work on, i love when eric and the I, dominoes right yeah, like that, yeah and the eric clapton is a huge part of this album for like a million reasons uh it, it's, i mean it's insane i still can't get over like it's still so crazy like the 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 psyche of george harrison just yeah. being like no it's like my best friend um but he uh and for anybody who I, I talked about on the tpn episode eric clapton's on this album um he's a beatles super fan at this point definitely not big as a solo artist at all he's part of a group called cream george harrison was a part of cream's last single and then they became friends he clapton plays on while my guitar gently weeps very legendary solo um, by the way, side note, I love Clapton as a part of things. I'm not a huge fan of his like solo discography that much, but I love his when he's a part of something, I think he's really, really good. And uh, but but yeah, he's all over this album. And meanwhile, he's creeping up on Patty Boyd, George Harrison's wife, um, his new wife. She's a famous, somewhat famous model. I think pretty famous model at that point. And uh, he Harrison kind of has one big blow up about it. Like they're clearly they were pretty much honest about it he's just like yeah i'm in love with your wife dude i don't know what to tell you and he's like what the fuck like you know for a second and then after a while it was kind of like a stepbrothers like you know will ferrell john c Riley thing it's like so what are you doing next week like you want to you know, you know like <laughs> like you guys can come on and like they ask him at a press conference and she's like he's like do you still like talk to eric clapton he's like yeah we're like having 
dinner later, you know? Like yeah, they were Patty. they would go to like yeah. Thanksgiving <laughs> together and shit. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, and it wasn't like a yeah. cuck chair scenario like like you'd see now, or like but like a polyamorous like TikTok like uh, polycule. <laughs> yeah, polycule. Like, it wasn't that. It, it, yeah, it wasn't that. Like, uh, yeah. he, it was just like he he said he's like, well, Patty's with a cool guy at least. He's like he wasn't <laughs> wasn't with some dumbass, you know? Like so, I was just like, hey, and then he. He ended up being with a woman that was really good to him, put up with his, you know, the documentary is very funny because she's like, yeah, there's other women. She goes, and if you want to know the secret to marrying a celebrity and having it last for a long time, don't get divorced. And that was her thing with his newer wife. She had it. He had a son uh, with her and stuff. And and that maybe that's all meant to happen. But yeah, he's all over this album. Um and uh wah wah is another track he's on i love it i think that's where the really muddy phil specter mixing comes in because it's really really i love love that song i absolutely love it um i i'm like half and half on phil specter but this album is my favorite album of all time so i can't hate it that much (laughs) it's like it's it's really good um but wah wah is great it's his like pissed off at the beatles like you didn't you never gave me a chance song mainly paul mccartney because if you watch the get back documentary as Cy alluded to there he's playing like these really he's playing the title track all things must pass i I think he wrote that song in like the rubber soul era like he's had he'd been sitting on that song forever and paul's doing his like silly guy voice while he's singing it kind of like okay we'll play georgia's song but then you know like i'm gonna you know he was definitely like he was tired of like shilling to get a, a song, you know, on, on an album. Cause he, he knew he had a lot of good ones. Now that being said, I don't think a lot of these songs are Beatles songs. I think they were right to keep them off the Beatles albums. Cause they need that like kind of folky. Uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Like th- this, they belong on this album. It's all meant to be like, I think it was all, and his frustration was warranted too. It's all, everything happened correctly. Like even if they didn't enjoy it at the time, and uh wawa is phenomenal i think i think it's a phenomenal song it's great um just say oh go ahead yeah no yeah i don't know i was just (laughs) yeah i think i think my just to clarify on the phil specter thing i i think it works really well for some songs and then other songs i just wanted a little bit more tuned down i'm not talking about like let it be all the way stripped down kind of vibe like right um psyop they think that they did it to us in the 2000s um but just a little bit more and i don't know i feel like i not to sound cringe but i this album works because i feel george's connection is more genuine than paul's and lennon lennon's too that like lennon had that whole you know he was like spiritual or whatever but it it seemed more like he was like doing a performance or like a bit you know and i i do think it was i'm not saying it was fake or whatever but george is like the introverted guy the guy that was really about this shit he's like no i'm gonna chant for 10 hours because i'm i'm dedicated to this thing you know and um and yeah it's it's interesting you know and i i feel i don't know what it was like back then but i feel the the in the the indian thing the Hare krishna thing i I don't know i was probably more open back then and like going to church and you could actually sing you know in the in the western world you know today it's everything sterile and weird and it's just all like you know, like pop punk church band or whatever. But um, <laughs> I've been like when in my hippie days, I've been to Hare Krishna, like little events and stuff. And I, I just tagging along with people, you know, and I didn't even know what it was, you know, but they were like, oh yeah, this is the George Harrison thing. And I'd go and 
dude, people are getting fucking lit, dude. They're just going crazy drumming and, and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I get why people like this because you can, it's a place where you can sing mm. and dance. And that those places don't exist in the Western or the atheist world anymore. I think, yeah, Rupert Sheldrake, I'm getting a little off track here, but, uh, um, he said that's a big reason why people return to religion because they just want a place to sing and dance and that, that just doesn't exist in our world unless you're like at 2 a.m. in a club like coked out of your gourd kind of vibe which has its place but that's usually I don't know I don't know I'm just I think George was really about that life and this was kind of a way for him to cement that into his reality you know and just make it make it his um, and yeah they're, they're not Beatles songs you know I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know. There's it's, only what is life. What is life might be the only song I could ever hear on like an old Beatles record too. Not even like timeline wise, it wouldn't have even fit. Like it just mm -hmm. it. I I all of these songs are so George. I mean, it's just it's such a George album and his like his frustration, but he's still friends with everybody. Like it was weird. They said they said George used to communicate through the music. Like I, he said if you he was only friends with like people who were good at things that's how he referred to it like so you know like his friends were like tom petty or you know jeff lynn and and P or even studio musicians so he could like communicate like i i, I kind of relate to it because it's like side half the time i talk to you speaking we're recording yeah you know what yeah, i'm saying yeah. like it's not because that but it's like uh -huh. for the most part we're sending texts and stuff but like yeah, when yeah. i talk to you it's on this we don't live yeah. in the same area and stuff and and it's kind uh -huh. of like he wrote to um what is it behind that locked door is telling bob dylan to like basically like keep expanding keep like bob dylan caught a lot of flack for like going electric that was like a big thing um, yeah which, it seems stupid now but it was it was a boomers love to like talk about that all the time they, they love the, fo the folk purists and the yeah which yeah. Yeah. people that like folk now are the most retarded people of all time so like they're <laughs> like the people that are doing that now the purists the the yeah. stomp clap hey ho people like uh, you know uh th those those people are responsible for a lot of bad things but anyways <laughs> bob dylan he wrote that song for bob dylan it's like he was communicating to the wawa songs for the beatles apple scruffs is about his fans the apple he basically called them all those women that would just take really good pictures of them outside the studio and you, you would get the only raw mm -hmm. photographs of beatles people and he, he said yeah you guys were annoying as hell but like i miss you you know like it was it was was, that's yeah, my, I, favorite, that's my favorite track on the album. Love my, Apple Scrubs. Oh, my favorite. Oh, so beautiful. So yeah, yeah I, I I just mm -hmm. Bob Dylan on harmonica. Yeah, and 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 they're yeah. all over. I, there's a 20 minute YouTube video of everybody that helped out with this album, and it's just like huge person after like Robin Trower, all these like huge, huge like drummer from Yes, like all these like big big names, and they're all over it, and it just seemed like a really fun hang, you know, even though it was a big high pressure album because you can tell he clearly wanted to be like the first Beatle, even though Ringo, I think Ringo had the first number one album. George had the first number one single after the Beatles, which is kind of crazy to think about it. But um, yeah, just, I mean, that's, that's side one of the, of the album, you know, isn't it a pity is not my favorite, but it, 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 it fits. I don't know about you guys. Uh, Yeah. Isn't it a pity? I mean, I like it. it it's given this, importance because there's the two different versions of it um i mean nice vague heal the world sentiment it's not what makes this album great um but i think the whole feeling of this album is just like so specifically when someone is in a creative uh relationship where they're 
so used to repressing things in order not to make other people mad. Yeah. (laughs) Like you just become, and then you're suddenly liberated to do whatever you want. And it's like this vast expanse of, you know, open planes and everything that he wants to do. And you can see how, yeah, that, that experience is just the worst when you're just like stuck with someone forever, can't get away. And your everything becomes this constellation of like not pissing them off by saying you know <laughs> do, by yeah. doing or saying something totally that you know will. That's a great point. Like wah wah wah. There's that line, and I I've always known the line. I know every word to this album, but like I've always known the line. But it's like you ever like listen to whatever your a millionth time of an album, and like one line just kind of grabs your attention that never did in the past, and it's kind of one of the later lines and i love how harrison's voice is like not is like it's just he doesn't really have a super crazy powerful voice but he can bring it out here and there and he kind of just blends in with the rest of the songs i, I really really like that but he says in, in wawa i know how sweet life can be if i keep myself free and i it's like where's the lie and i it's not I, creatively speaking like we do whatever we want on this show we talk even whether whether people want to hear it or they don't want to hear it so that part is free but in like my day-to-day life it took a long time for me to just say, fuck it. I don't care about these people that are, that I'm walking on eggshells with already. That, that the first thing I say is like, oops, we're not friends anymore, but I have to put up with their manic, depressive, stupid mood all the time. They're dumb shit. I have to, I have to be the one to put up with that. When you realize George was the king of just like, okay, I don't need you in my life anymore. And that is the true spirituality part of the world is caring a little bit less about like material things of that nature. In my opinion is when you've truly, and that's every, if you progress in Christianity, anything like that, you're, you're not supposed to care about little things like that. Like just of these people that are like grading you with a red Sharpie every time you talk, you know, just to be your friend. And, and that's how I, uh, you know, he, he's like, now I'm in charge for bet. Whatever happens, happens. If this album's a flop or whatever, I'm free. Is there anything worse too than that feeling of being paranoid about disappointing someone that you don't respect yeah. anymore anyway? You know, where you're just like, wait, why um, do I feel weird about this? I don't even yeah. give a fuck about you. So anymore, many man. people stuck in that <laughs> trap the last yeah. seven, eight years. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it yeah, and the rules have gotten more absurd. So it's like, yeah, that's always been a problem for people. Like it's kind of just been a human nature thing. People that want to impress somebody, but the approval doesn't even feel good when you get it. So it's that's always been a thing. But just the fact now it's like I voted for Donald Trump or something. <laughs> like you say that, like, yeah. okay. Uh, actually well, you should burn it. And what do they have to show for it at the end of yeah, the day? Nothing. That's nothing, what's nothing. funny to me is people who are super beholden to their social relationships during the last seven years of politics. And they have all of these fake versions of themselves that they present to libtards who can't know who they really are. Uh, And what do you have to show for these, this years of uh, reducing yourself and watching what you say at the end of the day? Oh, you can like meet a libtard that you knew in college or high school for a drink (laughs) and like center yourself around them that's what you have to show for it great i'm glad that relationship was so important to you because i uh lost all those people really early on then uh found through the internet friends that i actually like so yeah (laughs) yeah that's crazy and yeah that's that's beautiful i feel like uh like glenn and i kind of oh we had different meandering journeys but kind of came to that same conclusion where we both kind of like shed a lot of that old stuff yeah just in time for all this 2020 stuff and then we started our show serendipitously right around that time 
yeah. Uh, but I'll, but I'm also I know we <clears throat> alluded to this last time um, last nights, but you know George is dead, John is dead for a while now. Th- those are the guys I want to know what they would think about what's going on today, for better or right. worse, right? And of course, no disrespect to Paul or Ringo, but like I don't care, you know, I don't care, give a fuck what yeah. Paul or Ringo think about about like current events, you know. I want to, yeah, I want to hear George's take on like mrna or you know what i mean yeah just, just like any of that through. stuff yeah just anything, and literally yeah. anything like and and i mean we know yeah. he'd feel about taxes and inflation but the the you know we yeah. know we know that but the, the at least he put out this pride inflation is just fucking, yeah. 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 it's, it's yeah. always like a yeah. question with these old guys of whether they're like uh crusty old british guy who yeah, doesn't yeah. like censorship energy overpowers their uh, boomer lib uh wanting mm-hmm. to be a champion every fake conflict or yeah. whatever so yeah like who uh roger yeah. waters is the based one in pink floyd right yeah yeah yeah, we, yeah that's okay true. yeah no that's true so, yeah. like there's we, that yeah, impulse uh-huh. there but then also when they see those flags of little countries where there's some dumb conflict going on, yeah. it's all over. I know. Yeah. <laughs> especially, yeah. And then, and then it's like the temptation yeah. for a British man to go full Elton John is always there. Uh, yeah. It's always yeah. that Ukraine flag. <laughs> the button you yeah. press. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like Paul McCartney at his last concert, like I'm not, there's not, I'm going to dump on Paul like that, but like I, I see some of his tour like stuff and it's like, it looks like he almost hired people on like Fiverr to, to like, <laughs> to have like ukraine flags like like being like it's just like that because he he deeply cares about that about like not the conflict i don't think he gives a shit about the conflict i don't think he even thinks about that kind of stuff but i think he cares that like oh i should i should say something and like that 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 crosses the mind but george and and john are so interesting i wanted to bring this up i'm glad you 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 said this side because i we talked about Lennon on, on TPN. We talked about Lennon a lot and we talked about how he just like, doesn't feel real. It was like, like he, he, if I saw him, I mean, Jack, you've met famous people. I've met a few famous people. I didn't really get starstruck by anybody, but with Lennon, I would probably like almost bow out of like shaking his hand. Cause it would be so scary to me yeah. because it just, I don't feel like it would be like a Wayne's world. Like we're not worthy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, but like George, it, it feels so relatable. He's like a guy, like, I'd be like, what's up, dude. If I yeah. saw him, like, because I, I just am like, he's almost a literally me. He's almost like me and you combined. So si, I feel like, like where it's like, yeah. like I, I, I will talk about it a little later. But like some of his, I watched his, uh, the the wonderful Scorsese documentary on him. It's on, uh, on Max that I that, um, that I, I really really enjoyed. And some of his stuff, I was like, man, it sounds like shit that you've said, man. Like it's just, it's, it's crazy. But, um, yeah, I think, I think George would have been, I think George would have been based and he would have had a friend in Eric Clapton cause Eric Clapton spoke out against yeah. lockdowns and all types of stuff like that. So that's pretty cool. So he would, he would have, he would have had his friend. <laughs> Still. George is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. George is a very, very nuanced guy, obviously introspective. And he, he mentioned in the, in the days of the Beatles, he, he was, he never gave a fuck. He was never impressed by any celebrity. Uh, mm-hmm. never, never got down with any of that. So like, like meeting famous people is just always like, cool. Even the Jimmy lame. Seville, even the Jimmy Saville, Saville, like that weirdo mm-hmm. guy is like those pictures. Someone in your discord put this Jack, like, uh, the, uh, he's like Jimmy Seville's just being weird. And every, all the Beatles guys are like happy. And George is like looking off kind of just like, yeah, like he's like, I could yeah. go call Terry Gilliam if I wanted some weird gremlin looking like 
figure yeah. to hang out with. Yeah, that's and, uh, that Jimmy Savile guy is just one of those British cultural things that just <laughs> makes does not compute yeah. to an American yeah. at all. He's, he's <laughs> just the, like, guy, the guy that we all know. It's the like, guy oh, with the yeah. banana hair. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I, was yeah, on, yeah. Just crazy eyes that was on tv you know yeah yeah i can't see like don henley i can't see like don henley like getting excited about jimmy savile or something like an american (laughs) band like i just doesn't it's a british it's 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 british bait like a rat trap for them but like the uh from the five to the six Yeah, so that's uh, so. Oh, the the other thing. That. Sorry, I I just just remember this now. I just have to tell a George story. I think I told. I'm sure I told you this, Glenn. But uh, Crosby Stills Nash, Crosby Stills and Nash. I think before Young, because I think Nash and the Beatles were tight in the early days. Graham Nash, Graham Nash right? Mm-hmm. And so anyway, they were kind of blown up, and they and they were they got a a chance to demo their whole album before it was an album in front of George Harrison for Apple music, trying to get a record deal to break through in the industry is like, we got this whole thing. We're doing the harmonies. We'll come mm-hmm. sing it for you. And he goes, and they go and sing it in front of George, the whole album. They play it like 45 minutes of songs, all the harmonies and everything. And George is just like, nah, I'm good. I'm fucking good on this shit. And then he's just like, <laughs> he's like, this is like his friend too. He's like, nah, I don't want, I don't want this shit on my record. Yeah. Table. <laughs> and Graham Nash, story. Graham Nash, yeah. huge libtard. Huge libtard. He's part of this. He was part of the Spotify, the performative Spotify removal of catalog because they, uh, with with Neil Young uh, and Johnny Mitch. I know that I will never let those people ever forget. As soon as you remember, like in the early days, Mm -hmm. uh, like when Prince was still alive, and they would all and Taylor Swift too. They would all try to like find a way to like beat the encroaching Spotify thing. With that being the dominant way people listen to music, and like. None of Prince's music was on there. Right. As soon as that was like finally solved and like all the music was on there, it became like a COVID vaccine mm-hmm. protest thing because oh of Joe Lord. Rogan and fucking yeah. Joni Morgellons ass Joni Mitchell, <laughs> uh, who's like in a wheelchair and like barely sentient. Just like I just like imagining the practical reality of what happens when Joni Mitchell or like Carly Simon, whoever, like age eighty, and they can't yeah, leave. Uh, what's that island oh, in New England where all the rich pe- women Nantucket live? or whatever? Or is it no, uh, Carly Simon lives there, and she can't leave there. The all Hamptons of her, or one of those. <laughs> all yeah, of her, one of those. Yeah, uh, one of those Vin- islands with no, Martha's uh, Vineyard. Martha's Vineyard. Martha's Vineyard. Up- That's where yeah, all the rich yeah. ladies with fibromyalgia live, and they can't. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just imagine. We got that in like, on both episodes. <laughs> like, what's the what's the call that like Joni Mitchell makes as a representative? That's like, yeah. I want you to pull all this from Spotify because of Joe Rogan. How does yeah. she even know what Spotify is? <laughs> She's yeah. like the old lady getting out of the bathtub in The Shining, like <laughs> calling, the, yeah. calling, oh my call, god, calling, uh, calling her Martha's Vineyard sheriff, yeah, county the sheriff. shameful, yeah. the shameful things that those living ones do. Do you I remember know. when like James Taylor was like, uh, like do, going one. like this with Joe Biden? I think like I swinging mean, back and forth with Joe uh, Biden is like. <sighs> 
It is such oh a my God. relief it's for the ones that died. And it's, it's also not that it matters either way, but it's funny that the whole Rogan sector was largely correct on all that shit, dude. That's the fun. That's what makes it <laughs> yeah, even funnier. I know. You know? It's like it's, it's like you're literally wrong, but whatever. Yeah, they don't, yeah. They, never have to, they, never, they don't have to pay the price. Matter. They don't have to pay yeah. the price. It doesn't. Everything they yeah. do that gets proven wrong is memory hold instantly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so. I know. Luckily, we have these programs to always <laughs> remind people. But the. Uh, um, <laughs> So yeah, uh, moving through the album, you mentioned what is life. Love it. Total board boardwalk, hand dipped cone. You know, greasy jacket. <laughs> walk it, walking down, seeing the taffy being made with your girlfriend and everything. Totally agree with that. Uh, they they do these this horrible thing with Beatles songs now and um, George Harrison solo songs where they recreate music videos for them with like famous people dancing in them. Hate it so much. Ooh. There was this Zoomer, like Weird Al Yankovic looking Zoomer girl dancing um, just from door, going door to door dancing. And I was like, I don't want this for what is life. And then um, the, the My Sweet Lord video is um, really on the nose because, the of course, the lyrics is I really want to see you, Lord, but, uh, but it takes so long. So, so you're searching for God. It's Fred Armisen in a tunnel with a flashlight looking for God. Why not? I was like, yeah, why not? Yeah. Does, uh, why I, I not? Swear to God, can, can somebody just give me money, please? Something like, not even to do that. Yeah. Love to do uh, early COVID was any of these surviving people. They would do like new YouTube like videos like that, music videos with their famous songs where it was like supporting the essential workers. And so it would, you know, be whatever their famous song is with, like, the essential workers of New York wearing that. <laughs> 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 it's so lame. And, like, you know, gray-haired, like, Nally Merchant or whoever, like, phoning in on Zoom. <laughs> yeah. The December, the Decemberists. All the... the, the December. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, exactly uh, but the um yeah no i love i mean uh, look i love every side of this album of course but if not for you i think is uh awesome it's better than the bob dylan song sorry alec but uh it's better um and but it's cool because bob dylan's involved and he's there and it's fine um and uh i just love harrison's voice um i i, I think he's a like a great singer like actually i i don't know i i love unique voices kind of like bowie and people like that where it's like kind of bad sometimes but but good um that that's what always resonates with me and i i just i love his slide guitar because he was i think it was bad finger or one of those groups that they would like Harrison would tour with in between the Beatles in his solo career and kind of just go around. He was like friends with everybody and he picked up like a slide guitar, just started playing and he was already having people telling him he was like amazing at it, which nobody ever really did. Paul used to kind of shit on his guitar playing skills. He never, you know, he's, he's really not like the most talented guitar player. Although I think he has one of the best ears for guitar riffs and fills ever. Um, but his slide guitar all throughout this album is, it's really where like the emotion comes out in the songs, even like coupled with his voice. Um, and you really hear it on uh, on uh, My Sweet Lord, If Not For You. I mean, throughout the whole album, Let It Down and Behind That Locked Door, which which is uh, just a great it's like a country song. I mean, it's it's so like, good. Yeah, I was going to say the slide elements throughout this album are they're like half country and like half hawaiian lap steel guitar vibes yeah like very hawaiian weird, yeah you know yeah mm -hmm. i like that mm -hmm. shit. and yeah. the the country thing uh works really well because if not for you was an early hit for mm -hmm. olivia newton john 
too because mm. you know how like in the 60s and 70s if you're like an attractive woman with a decent voice you could have a career just endlessly doing uh cover song covers yeah. of uh-huh. bob dylan and beatles songs yeah, uh and yeah. so a lot of these like george harrison songs a lot john Baez, yeah john Baez did that yeah them. for sure mm-hmm. yeah, and john had a, a really popular version of that which i like and she was like australian country at the beginning mm-hmm. so I know. Mm-hmm. I love. I, I totally. I actually. I have to listen. British to and Australian artists. They love country. They love American country and hillbilly shit. They fucking mm-hmm. love it. Dude. It's like mm-hmm. even like Jimi Hendrix's band, uh, the first one. They, they were all about that hillbilly. That weird mm-hmm. like triplet kind of stuff. Thing. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like a mighty wind, like ass sounding stuff. Yeah. It, it's uh. <laughs> But um, yeah, run of the mill. Like I love, I like. I don't understand how they got some of those like guitar tones in that. Like it's there's so many different guitar tones on this album. Love run of the mill. Um, Ringo's all over this album too. Like he's playing. I think he plays drums on Wawa and Isn't It a Pity? Um, and I believe What Is Life. I think he's uh, a few other things. Uh, Lennon. Um, he George kind of got his moment with Lennon because he was a little bit pissed off at him and 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 Yoko. Especially there's that classic scene of Yoko sitting on his guitar amp and like trying to be cute on his guitar amp while he's playing, and he's just like this say that we're not doing this anymore um so after a while he's a little bit still friends with them but kind of he kind of wants to like alpha john a little bit so he invites john to um the studio where this is being recorded at and it was one of the one of the many rooms of abbey road or whatever and uh invites john and and john said he was like floored he was like floored and like hugging him and like crying and he was just like so so happy so he you know, of course you're happy about your friendship kind of being mended again but you know he's kind of like yeah i got gotcha gotcha man you know so it's that level of like masculine competition but it's not like the end of the world that you're kind of feeling using your like slight animosity towards each other to fuel great work because george played slide guitar on imagine album so it's like it's they're yeah. all they're all doing that stuff so uh and if you yeah, guys I, love- seen, I know you have glenn but um the <laughs> the uh how do you sleep at night yeah, video um, series of oh you should check it out jack the john lennon's paul mccartney diss track and he invites george to play slide guitar puts on lays down some awesome tracks just mm. talking shit about paul you know so <laughs> he invited george to be a part of that you know which yeah. i thought was like it's a cool. song, that's like their yeah. own little club you know mm. it was around that same time, nice. same time yeah they're good yeah. yeah they're good and um you know and then i i think uh um what what happens uh beware beware of darkness is i think a, a masterpiece of a song like on its on its own like i think it's great and uh where's the lie uh beware of darkness because it is everywhere and he so you know true. brings up he brings in like the weird like indian satan maya i guess that's what maya means mm-hmm. i didn't know that but i was like looking it up i was like who's my i thought maya was like a girl and but it's yeah, uh, you know, watch out for fucking maya <laughs> yeah dude. i mean hey, I, I, you might want Kali ma yeah yeah so yeah exactly like yeah. watch out watch out and it's like some venus Wollendorf statue or something i don't know <laughs> like, like, some, some fucking uh female indian thing yeah, indian yeah. Asking to watch out for. he met her on the yeah. shankar compound yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't great. yeah yeah maya dude yeah. oh <laughs> you went you wear yeah, yeah that one over there is bad news no um i love i love yeah. that song that's another clapton's all over that some beautiful guitar soloing but i just some of those like just some of those songs it's like i can't pinpoint any individual lyric of that song but it is a warning like and it that shit's everywhere especially now it's just like 
I see some stuff and it's like I'm not satanic panic guy. I'm just a like evil like that's bad vibes. when i see something yeah vibes. just vibes just like ew yeah you know gross get it away from I me i can like, spot it i can you can very, spot it very well yeah <laughs> it announces itself and yeah like there's a yeah. it's a it's a tough call between uh deciding whether some something is like satanic panic like unjustly well first of all okay uh satanic panic itself in the kind of like current way people use it uh, the libtard way, which presumes that uh, everything was innocent, uh, you know, and nothing satanic occurred or nothing evil, yeah. you know, that's that's like wrong on its own. But it's yeah, like a Wikipedia edit. It's like no, actually, nothing bad ever happened during that. You know, it's like a, that's how I see that. It's like yeah, a weird sometimes religion. like the satanic provocations, especially now, are so lame that uh inflaming them with attention it really feeds them like dutifully yeah. every year when whatever uh non-binary fat like what that guy sam whatever sam, whatever yeah. grammy's performance where they do but there's <laughs> always devils and there's always yeah. an snm harness mm -hmm. and it's like so just lame yeah exactly uh, but it's by like the kind of like ben shapiro types it's always like shown as being the most yeah. you know <laughs> terrifying it's like in the 90s where like during the peak of panic about marilyn manson there would be other stuff on the internet that just like said that he straight up like sacrificed babies and like sucked dick on stage and like yeah. you would read it and think like how is this happening legally yeah. in my <laughs> like uh but the reality yeah. was much more mundane but um yeah yeah uh beware no. of darkness good good warning no you're so on point that all the the there's always a panic now and it's just it's just so lame it's not even cool it doesn't deserve the attention it's kind of reminds right. me uh what's that uh start skiing hush with ben uh what's his Stiller, ben? yeah mm -hmm. yeah ben stiller you know that part when he's ready to do the dance off and he's like dude you shouldn't do this he's like why you don't think i could take this guy <laughs> no, it's just incredibly fucking lame, you know. It's yeah, like, yeah, it's like, yeah. It's yeah, like well, the, you, yeah, yeah. It's, it's well, no, like, it's, it's so right. Yeah, the it's, real, the, the real one that really triggers me, who never gets any criticism whatsoever, uh, while they give it all to Sam Smith or whoever, uh, is Arca. Arca triggers my like pitchfork. Uh, wielding like <laughs> that's I the tranny that's the tranny the, uh, the that's the, okay yeah, it's yeah. a whole I don't know. Uh, yeah we were talking yesterday about how everything is the post bjork homogenic black yeah. satanic yeah. goo coming out of a girl's nose yeah uh yeah. with like <laughs> shitty avant-garde music that's like an afterthought but a right. bunch yeah. of like art pictures of them doing something satanic being presented as a fallen angel or like god mm. or something and arca is like receives universal uh, uh critical praise but the actual content is so depressing and overtly like transhumanist satanic it's all like worshiping uh like your transgender like sur mucus surgery gore yeah uh, but everybody's fine with it it never comes up and yeah. the music itself is so chilling and disgusting and you can see how this just warps the mind of of malcontent teenagers um and yeah that triggers me
Yeah, you're right. And it's like, to me, I, I've, we've, we've talked about this a lot on this, on this show. And I think you're the same way where it's like, if I see somebody with like devil horns and they're like, I'm Satan yelling it really loud on stage with like blood and fire. I'm always like, all right, what, who's the real Satan? Let me, I need to find the real Satan. Cause yeah. it, the real Satan, like I said, is the Rod Serling twilight zone devil. That's like offering you a slice of pie in the corner. Yeah. That's kind of cool at first. The you like, know, like already acclaimed yeah. ideological kind of like impresses you with the, the yeah. sort of gauze of intellectualism of this like you can control you're a god on earth you can right. put your feet in these transgender <laughs> yeah. bottom surgery stirrups and become a famous <laughs> witch artist <laughs> and what you're left with is you just kill yourself at like 32 or what you know look at the moon yeah. look at yeah. the <laughs> fall fall to an early death looking at the moon Best oh, case uh, scenario, you have more gallons on Monday, <laughs> at, 80, at 85. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, Wi Fi uh, irradiated. Remove your Spotify catalog, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just living in Futurama jars out there, straight like yeah. president's heads, dude. I swear to God. <laughs> I know why. That's yeah. Martha's Vineyard is just like a kind of lab where they're all in Futurama. (laughs) Doctor Moreau. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The uh, so true. So true. Um. Yeah. Apple Scratch. Love it. We already talked about it. Uh, Let it roll. Um. Ballad of. They always have to have some dumb British title. And it's a contractually obligated thing. Ballad of Sir Frankie Crisp. Oh, God he owned it. the house before me, and my yeah. It's always that that they always, they have to do it every single yeah. time. Yeah. Um, uh, awaiting on you all. I love that because you could tell George just wanted to write like the most lyrics in a song ever, and uh, and it's it's great if you actually like slow down. It's you open up your heart. You know, it's 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 a very positive song. Uh, it's a lot of like it, it, that that's a it's a very chaotic sounding song um and si, since you're the the guitar player here um what do you think about um because i know we're gonna have some people that listen to this that that point this out and i want to get it out of the way capos george harrison oh, plays yeah. with capos are you pro or anti if anyone doesn't know it's the little oh. clamp you it's the little clamp that you put on so you can play those high chords without because some people say you can play those without that if you're skilled it's kind of like a technical oh, guitar bullshit no. thing anti-capo is peak reddit think of the most it's up there with the most reddit thing you've ever heard it's so, it's so bullshit dude. it's so <laughs> i can see it it's yeah very, it's, yeah what it's what it stems from is like really talented jazz guitarists could be like you could just bar that chord right there, you know, just bar it. And then yeah. you can, you can play anything on the neck, you know, it's because most chords are just four, you know, f- four notes max. In right. Western mm-hmm. pop music, especially like Beatles songs. And uh, it's true, but then people take that into some kind of twisted, weird thing. Like, Oh, you're, I'm trying to, it's just like a, like the same as like metal shredder guys, like the faster you play, the cooler you are thing. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Dragon thing, force but, Reddit bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just, no, I mean, capo every, every real stringed musician instrument has a capo in their arsenal to shift their catalog up and down the neck, you know? It's yeah. Scary. And George loved it. He, yeah. and I love those high chords that he sun. plays. Yeah, yeah, I know. Capo. That's the thing, He's man. Fair. You're yeah. like, y- y- that's how you knew he had a heater album coming. I mean, he has something right, which is up there among the greatest love songs ever. Um, and Frank Sinatra would agree. Cause he, uh, yeah. he credited Harrison got mad because, uh, Sinatra covered, uh, the Beatles something song. And when he, when he debuted it live, he said, I want to give a shout out to my good, 
to my good friends and musical geniuses, Paul, uh, Paul McCartney and John Lennon. And like, it's not their song, you know? And so he's like, fuck dude. Like, yeah, you know, like, and uh, Elvis actually does a really good cover of something. It's actually really good. And, um, but you know, and then he has, here comes the sun, which is one of the most beautiful songs. I mean, come on. Like that's just, and he was, he wrote that walking around with a ukulele in his garden with Eric Clapton and Eric Clapton was like, you want to, you want to do what? And he's like, yeah, let's walk around the garden in, in this Friar park house that he had. And he starts playing the song and it's like, I don't know. He just, he lived that, that like, I wake up with the sun, I go to bed with the, the you know, with the moon. Yeah. And like, he lived that style of life that like, you know, yeah, it didn't give him the most longevity. And, and a couple things about, you know, uh, well, actually I'll save it till we're done here. But the, uh, yeah, after that, I uh, the title track "All Things Must Pass." Um, it's it's beautiful. I mean, how can you? It's if you're ever going through a tough time, just put it on because George George had George had it figured out. I think uh, he he did. You know, he he died of uh, he died of a pretty painful disease, but I think he had life figured out. So I I would say put that on. Um, and uh, my I, and I'll let you guys chime in on anything else here. My last great like song that really just like sticks out to me um you know we we all like the jam side of the apple jam side that, that's great too but hear, hear me lord i think is just beautiful um yeah I, I, yeah oh, gosh it gives me chills yeah um i found my like favorite sentence about this album that i always think about it's from a contemporary review the contemporary review in rolling stone uh does both an intensely personal statement and a grandiose gesture, a triumph over artistic modesty, modesty, an extravaganza of piety and sacrifice and joy whose sheer magnitude and ambition may dub it the war and peace of rock and roll. Wow. Uh, he says it's of classic spectorian proportions, Wagnerian, Brucknerian, the music of mountaintops and vast horizons. I always think about that mountaintops and vast horizons. That's beautiful. Yeah. Rolling Stone then and then Rolling Stone now. Conservatives are eating horse pigs yeah. and dying yeah. in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> like, back then they actually wrote words that were good and actually gave objective reviews to objectively good music. Yeah. And, we're so uh, fucked. But you're right. Like Because I remember you talking about War and Peace. Like the movie, I haven't seen it or read the book, but you were talking about one of the iterations of it just being this like huge, grand spectacle. And that is what this album is. Yeah. Uh yeah. Th- th- another song I wanted to mention is Let It Down, oh, which beautiful. You know the band Spiritualized? Like no, that song that song uh seems to have like be like the key to their entire like output. All mm-hmm. the albums had titles like Let It All Down. They all had this kind of like to, you know, to use the S word spiritual, vaguely like kind of yeah, Christian, yeah. like but also like medical nineties imagery. But um, that song has a big, a good feeling of, you know, druggy release to it. Yeah. It's also a great demo. It works great as a demo version, just acoustic guitars. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing about, I didn't mention yesterday about like Lennon's it's crazy to think that Lennon wrote, say strawberry fields on an acoustic guitar. I know hear it. And then it holds up and you're like, whoa, this is great. Without all the effects and everything, it still holds up on an acoustic guitar uh, where the, yeah. all the studio stuff, it just makes it better. It, it's not a crutch, you know? Well, and, yeah, and, yeah. And George, too. George used to always be that when Paul and John would write a song, 
like uh, and i love her which is a you know a, a, a classic song in in my household uh and it's uh there's that classic doom 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 that's what everyone remembers from that song is that is that part of it and i guess paul came with the lyrics which are great it's a great song great chords and everything and while he was singing it george just went doom 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 and that's the song even paul like admitted it in the george documentary he's like that He's like, that's the song because the song probably might not make an album if George doesn't add that key component to it, which that's what he was to the Beatles was that key component. Ringo was the same way, the key component. I mean, they, they the stars of the group were Paul and John. That's not up for debate, but George was the key component. And and this he knew he needed help with this album because it was this like ensemble cast. You know, it's kind of like a like a I don't know, even like reminds me of those like Robert Altman films where it's like. It's just a big crowd, a scene taking place in like a big crowd of people, you know, like where like you're like, I don't who am I focused? Oh, and then it's great. You know, you, you see what you're focused on. Um, it just reminds me uh, of that so much. Um, any last thoughts on the tracks at all? Anything stick out to you guys? Well, I wanted to mention the like physical presentation. of Yes. It. Good call. Uh, the color scheme is so unlike anything I've ever seen because it has the black and white well first of all it comes in this giant box that was famously fragile and like presented problems at record stores because yeah uh they would always get crushed and you very rarely see them in like good condition um and it was also extremely expensive and still is extremely expensive if you want to buy a physical copy like just a brand new physical copy part of the reason i didn't hear this until later but it has the black and white cover image. And then the inner sleeves are one is like gold, like this, like urinish, urinous gold color. Mm -hmm. One is gray and one is light purple. <laughs> and then there's like a really goth looking poster of like George in front of like a stained glass door. Yeah. Oh, I um, love that. I love that poster. Yeah. Oh poster so much just very the the presentation is part of the magic of you know this big expansive project and that's what happens when you just left a group like the beatles like your first album you either have to go completely minimalist or you have to outdo the maximalism like you can't do and i'm glad he chose the latter of course uh and um i i love how he just looks like the travelocity gnome on the front of it like on the cover <laughs> and he's just like kind of like like just it kind of just say i don't like they show in the documentary them like laying out all the like pieces on the lawn and you're just like man for some reason like that shouldn't be the cover but it is and it's amazing like what that i can't imagine brainstorming that being the cover but it's perfect it's I, like i don't know like you'd think it would be a painting or something like some crazy painting that like klaus vorman would make or, some, or do or some kind of thing but it's just it's just him and his that is beautiful property <laughs> Like, yeah. like sitting and in a he chair. had the hair that looked the best when it grew out. Like he oh, had the biggest, most uh, lustrous, lush, serious-looking hair. Where every time you see a picture of it, you're like, "This is not kidding with this long hair." Um, and then, and then, remember when he got like Weird Al perms, like in the '80s, like when he had any, he, like there's a he had the, he got like really weird perms in the '80s, and I'm like, dude, you had perfect hair, man. Like, like, like for me, like I'm I'm trying to take a little off my shoulders, but I'm like, damn, I see George, I'm like, 
nah, man, fuck, I'm gonna let it go because it's so nice to see his like that. Like, like it's just, I, I love like his goes like right down to like his pecs, man. It's like just perfect. And oh man, I, I know. Has, Do you know how long it takes to grow your hair out as a man from short to that length? It's like he didn't must have not cut it since like 1966 and yeah and the 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 amount of like hiding you have to do on the in-between phase like yeah the the lesbian in-between phase which lasts the first you know year and a half yeah oh man (laughs) it's it's it's, yes i do know it's not it's not great a lot of hats involved a lot yeah. of hats involved and um but yeah the that's uh no it's he had the coolest style i love all his outfits even towards the end in the beatles when they do the rooftop performance and he has like the teal like toothpaste teal pants um and oh, his, yeah, like little mustache amazing i uh, they all look amazing on the rooftop performance they all look their mm-hmm. best i think and uh he he was uh and then he in the even in like the Hare krishna stuff he looked cool like he just he always looked cool money you know for a long time he was uh uh bankrolling bonnie python couldn't get life of brian made that that was getting you know that was back when hollywood didn't want to run an anti-christian movie i guess uh um, but it's not even though it's not x are still live in that world yeah and but even then like you watch the movie it's really not it's just like what if people thought jesus was the wrong guy or what if people thought the wrong guy was jesus that's just the 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 real jesus is in the movie and it's funny because nobody's listening to him like he's just like he's like saying shit from the bible in the corner and looks just like traditional jesus in the painting but they think this Graham Chapman guy named Brian is Jesus. And he's like, I don't want to be, this is crazy. It's just a funny movie. And uh, George is in there. He's one of the uh, uh, women that wear beards as a disguise. Um, and he put, uh, his, he, he put his money into uh, a bunch of weird movie projects, including the n- notorious fail- Madonna, Sean Penn failure, Shanghai surprise, crazy, uh, which was like entirely bankrolled by him. It was supposed <laughs> to be this big, like Indiana Jones, like, star vehicle for them because madonna was really charming and desperately seeking susan and then shanghai surprise was this amazing uh, total disaster time bandits he made a good amount of money on that was a big hit uh uh, a lot of the gilliam stuff he did uh was was cool um i i i I like terry gilliam so people can kind of take or leave him i guess but uh i'm a i like fear and loathing in las vegas which people hate now it's great i like that movie a lot it's great i love brazil i love um i love a lot of his i mean really a lot of his movies Um, i like that child abuse one too which people hated at the time tideland (laughs) i only saw it when it came out but i remember a liking it and <laughs> no he's great regarded as like one of the worst movies ever made 12, 12 uh 12 monkeys is great too i haven't seen that one that's a good one yeah we covered we covered it once it was good it, it, i i really enjoyed it uh, it's bruce willis brad pitt like kind of like very strange bruce willis role uh late 90s and uh but yeah you know and then george uh one thing a lot of people don't know about him is he got stabbed almost to death in his house <laughs> um it's and the yeah. story in the scorsese his uh wife tells the story she had to like bash the guy over the head repeatedly with like objects in the house it was this crazy guy who thought george harrison was a sorcerer um because of his lyrics which is like that again that's how you know you made it uh is when the weird guy and it was this guy in like i don't know where they were living somewhere in england and he was just like walking around the streets it was somebody like they people had like seen people had, like recognized this like burnout junkie kid in the streets and he was like muttering to himself and then finally he like broke into the house and like ran up to the stairs and just started stabbing him and he almost died and this is after his first bout of cancer that he had gotten over uh so that's pretty tough um but he was always fearful of 
he was he he never feared dying, but he said um, what ate him up about John Lennon was the way that he died. He said I, he said I knew he said for some reason I knew Johnny was always going to die. You know, we of course everybody dies. He said, but it was the it was the way that he died that he said he put a lot. I guess whatever Hari Krishna, whatever thing they put a lot of um, stock into how you die, um, or like you know whatever I don't know what it is, but I, apparently that weighed a lot on him and he was thinking the same thing like when he was getting stabbed he was like fuck this is how i go you know like this <laughs> sucks like you know like, this is this yeah. is terrible and and uh yeah it's like and maybe it's a guy who hated the phil specter mix on the album you never know <laughs> yeah. you know like yeah maybe, maybe that was what happened but the the <laughs> yeah it, it just you know and he laughed about it roy orbison passed away too when he was uh when they when they were in the traveling wilburys together and he and harrison called tom petty and this is where George reminds me of Sai because Sai has like almost this uncomfortable, like welcoming of death sometimes <laughs> where he just like will make the most inappropriate joke about somebody that just died, like, like not even a celebrity, but like a person, <laughs> but because, but because like you just don't care. And it's like, but it, but it does ultimately after a while, it's like disarming a little bit which is nice but at the time it'll yeah. be like fuck dude you know like yeah. that's fucking scary and but he does this he did the same thing roy orbison passed away of course he was the oldest guy in traveling wilburys and uh he calls harrison calls tom petty and and, and then he's like yeah i just heard a uh, roy roy died and he's like and harrison goes man aren't you relieved that it wasn't you man <laughs> so like tom petty and like tom petty's like i mean i guess like shit like is tom petty's like the youngest guy in the group he's like he's like tom you know tom petty tells really funny yeah. stories about harrison he said uh he, he gave he just harrison just gave him 10 ukuleles once he just gave it to him and he just goes here i want you to have these he goes just scatter them anywhere we hang out together because you just never know yeah you know and just he was just he was just that type of guy man like he was just he was that type of guy i think uh i Again, he feels like more of a John Lennon is the I could never be him and no one could ever be him guy. And then George Harrison is the he's literally me. So that's yeah. my relationship <laughs> with those two guys. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, he's like the chill, dry, funny one, which could never be. I don't know. I don't identify with that. I think overall I'm fairly chill, but I don't, people call me like hysterical all the time. So I'm just, I've internalized that. Um, but yeah, he's clearly like the, uh, he was always like the cool one. I don't know. Just yeah. the cool one. Cause he's not the, the dramatic one. No, I love the no. ukuleles. I love that. That's his male bonding hack. You know, it's, it's funny like that I had a different uh, connotation uh, before like tweet girls. Uh, in the late two thousand, like Zoe Deschanel yeah. girls were all in yeah, ukuleles. yeah, for sure. And what what was she? She was made in a lab. I'm convinced. Like, cause that the that, worst looking celebrity I ever saw in person looked like a hag. Really? Looked you like saw, a hag. all that when you see pictures of her looking like Katy Perry, she doesn't look like that at all. That's all smoked yeah. hair. Wow. When did you? And I just like a wrinkled you, crone. Well, he used what? to work at a, it. Was you? Is that your job? He was at the hotel yeah. where yeah, yeah, the yeah. things must pass all the time. I'm gonna yeah, tell my girlfriend like a wrinkled loves... crone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> 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 so, yeah, you know that's. Uh, yeah. So you know, any any final thoughts on 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 uh, on on? <laughs> I'm still laughing at that. But <laughs> any uh, any any uh, final thoughts on George on? on uh nightmares on anxieties on death on anything any anything guys i do have a final thought and my final thought is i was asked by someone who didn't like the beatles what 
album they should listen to. Good call. And I think that All Things Must Pass is a is the good one for uh to get people who've like never thought about the Beatles much because it's mm. you don't like hear it everywhere. It's kind of instantly impressive. You can't get it out of your head. And it's not you don't have to see like um Apple commercials and stuff with all the songs in it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a good. Yeah. Film. I think it's a, it's a good uh, Beatles pill album. Yeah. I, you know what? And I think because I, when I was, I, I've had like my phases with this album and it always gets me to go back to the Beatles catalog again. Like it, you're right. It's kind of like, uh, it's, it's just like, it's almost like a, like a weird prequel almost to the Beatles, even though it's not like it's, uh, yeah, no, it's a it's a it's a no skip album for me. You can just put it on. I mean, take a walk around your neighborhood. Go do anything. Go do anything. Be clean the house. Whatever. Any put it on. It's uh, it's phenomenal. Cause I, you know, my mom didn't introduce this to me when it when as as the first Harrison. It was she had the, you know, the '80s Harrison hits, which are great too. The I got my mindset on yeah, like the Jeff Lynn, the Jeff. I love that song. Yeah. The Jeff, the Jeff Lynn, uh, when Jeff Lynn was writing a lot of his songs, like who is a genius too. But the uh, um, and then like uh, Blow Away, that's a great one too. And um, yeah, the '80s, he was all just like his album covers were just him smiling in like a Hawaiian shirt and sunglasses. That was just his album covers, and yeah. they're just great. He was just positive as hell um and and the 80s and 90s were just such a comfy cozy time for all of these people because i love seeing how all of the 60s rock stars uh, drastically transform themselves into some sort of like happy colorful commercial thing in the 80s which people would shit on at the time but it was so fun like you know jefferson starship being like the most extreme one that people yeah. got mad about because they were like the most like communist counterculture ones of all uh and then they put out you know we built the city and all of that mm-hmm. which is great which people love now but at the time it was like they betrayed yeah. the ideals but that when everybody got a perm and a mullet and was yeah. wearing just like magenta suits with <laughs> shoulder pads it's or like uh, fucking Mick well, Jagger dancing in the streets, like yeah. or the, one of my one of my favorite '80s yeah. videos of a classic band is the "Tell Me Lies" Fleetwood Mac video. Oh yeah, where they're on the farm. <laughs> they're on the farm. But like they're dressed, women dress like them now, though. On that in that uh, video, they have the like, Amish sister with wife, the, thing? With the, yeah. yeah, with the flat brim hat and 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 that like that is a very much like a brunch mimosa outfit now. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of cr- and my mom had the spiral perm that Stevie Nicks had back then, which is which was pretty oh, yeah. pretty funny to see. Like you're like uh-huh. maybe that's where it came, you know, maybe that's where it came from. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just a big Fleetwood Mac fan, so yeah, per- perhaps yeah. that's the perhaps that's the case. But yeah, I know that that video is hilarious because Lindsey Buckingham has like insane makeup on, um, like this insane <laughs> like eye makeup. On. It is so he is so scary. Yeah, the plucked I, eyebrows I, is yeah. the most confusing thing about <laughs> Lindsey Buckingham. Oscar, it's like he was so gacked out. It's just, it's just like are you just in the mirror plucking your eyebrows? He's so yeah, scary. He like he, he's down. so he 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 scares the hell. Out. He's from Palo Alto. I didn't even know that. he's from like not that far from me. Like he's from. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize he was a Bay Area. I it's funny because I I I have family who had a house 
um, where Fleetwood Mac like kind of congregated at in the Bay Area because they are they do have Bay Area ties and stuff. And people said that they thought they were doing like sacrifices over there or something. It was weird. They were like, there was weird things happening in that house. I'm like, yeah. When they were back when they were like a that was back when they were like a blues band. Like they were right. Yeah. (laughs) When they were like a broke like blues band, you know, like when they were really weird. Like back back in the day, they said they were like, man, they're they're like we heard and it's like you and they were kind of like those guys are just like druggies that like rock they thought they didn't know that they were like playing the music and then they're like what the <laughs> fuck that's them like you know rumors <laughs> and stuff comes out it's just like it's insane man it's insane when yeah. that happens so yeah yeah, yeah it's I, a good point i of- think it's really uh funny that lindsey buckingham is so like badly behaved that they had like fired him recently <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. like they fired him like a year ago <laughs> like what did he do after like five decades of them fighting like what like, what was the know. final straw uh, <laughs> for the, him to be fired from the like fucking geriatric touring version of <laughs> there's probably some milestone he was about to get to for insurance parts or something they're like let's like, yeah it's probably like 51 years you get the, the thing of uh, you know the, he's not gonna get the plaque replacing yeah you with this, like 30 year old yeah, yeah oh, dude i know it's so but you're right that's so true about the 80s like the i love to see you know and it's it's kind of reminds me of how like old like betty davis type actresses in the 70s would be like insane old horror women like horror movies like uh yeah, betty horror, davis and like yeah. yeah just like insane shrill like it's all they could get care uh no who am i thinking of uh or even like angie dickinson's and like dressed to kill getting murdered by a mm-hmm. auto guy in a file and stuff and is like something that like my grandpa would jerk off to with on a navy like baseball card size yeah thing. like it was fun then because they the <laughs> image transformations and style changes from decade to decade were so extreme from the 60s 50s to 60s to 70s to 80s uh mm-hmm. but now it's like all the same celebrities have been around for uh, decades and decades but style stopped changing at a in like the mid 2000s basically so everybody still just has like the mary kate and ashley b- boho wavy hair and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, you yeah. know it's never yeah. gonna change <laughs> so um before we close out what's coming up on tpn i mean you're always reading something you're always watching something what's coming up well the book club is doing pamela by Samuel Richardson. Nice. So doing something very old, the uh, one of the first uh, narrative novels. Um, uh, I'm doing the first two volumes of Proofs, Remembrance of Things Past. Nice. Uh, I don't like do anything by like consideration of like seasons anymore. Uh, but no. just uh, I'm just doing it by year. So um, when the year is over this season five will uh be the will have been the biggest of all of them stretching back to last like october i guess um uh can just continuing all the various like series that i've started mm-hmm. on mary taylor moore not landing and i don't know there's always more to do but always now more to do. i have a bunch of like reading shit to do well, um, on our front, guys. So uh, it's we're doing another gain of fiction. Michael Crichton's back. It's going to be his sixth. Michael Crichton's sixth appearance uh, on Gain of Fiction. I wish that was a real thing that he was really coming on. Unfortunately, uh, the the libtards took him out because uh, he wrote. Uh, we Cy and I are almost finished with this climate change red pill book, which is yep. 
Oh my god, it's almost depressing how right he was. It's like, oh, <laughs> I mean, Jackie read disclosure. It's like you when somebody nails yeah. it that hard in real time, you're just like, dude. And you just see all yeah. the lies perpetrated every time you Google it. You know, it's just like that added the debunking. At, you know, this was debunked. Um, yeah. When you know, it's one hundred one hundred percent right about everything when you read it, but there's that per- <laughs> to, to warn you away from reading it. They yeah, uh, uh, flood all the reviews. No, we already there. figured it out for you. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Good information. Re- Just yeah. going into this, you should know that it's misinformation. Yeah, yeah. Go, yeah. Read. <laughs> go, no, go ahead and pick it up. I'm not. We're not banning the book. It's we're not been banning. proven to be misinformation. Yeah. If you want to read a, I mean, I guess it's fiction, right? Because I'm like, why are you trying to debunk fiction? Is he wrote it as a fictional novel? That's so the beauty. Of it. That's the yeah. Beauty. <laughs> it's like Ayn Rand is fiction that has to be debunked too. Yeah. Like, I know. She's on welfare. So, what like, how does that affect that she uh, wrote books about how libtards and communists are evil? Yeah. <laughs> I would, I, I would recommend you read Crichton's State of Fear at some point, just because I, I, I haven't read Rand, but I've listened to you talk about Rand for a long time. So I it's tend Randian. to think it's, it's a ra- it's his ra- it's his Randian like theory fiction novel, I think. Yeah. So, and he wrote it right before he uh, passed away. So, I hate like, climate change more than like almost dude, any other libtard thing. Oh, I'll take Black you- Lives Matter over climate. Change. <laughs> Dude, no, this is no. I'm telling you, like, you, if you're at any point, I will revisit it with you. It's it's amazing. It's like okay. it's, it's, if you ever, I know we have some stuff planned uh, eventually, but like if you ever do, because it's like, oh my god, it's like just uh, I w- nobody listened to him. Nobody listened to him at the time. It was all the people just thought it was right. It yeah, because so people like, didn't even yeah. think the South Park super serial Al Gore thing. They thought that was like fake like they're like that yeah, al gore no. was actually like it wasn't even about al gore's climate they're like oh that's silly they're just making fun of al gore they're like no they're saying it's fake like and and it super serial like yeah and that's yeah <laughs> uh, like the man bear pig thing like it's just like man it's it's that's what this novel is so we got that coming up on friday with j david osborne of agitator and our other friend banjer jack uh will be coming on so um on that note guys everybody have a safe week and if you haven't listened to the tpn beatles episode these are it's all one thing guys we didn't record it all on the same night because that would have been foolish but go back to that you'll get you through your whole work um so all right guys